0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Bet
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. We've got two more NFC North teams to cover. First and foremost, we get to comment on Andy's team. The Minnesota Vikings. Playoff darlings of last year. Three seed. NFC North reigning champs. Uh, Really nothing to say negative about this group players they're, yeah. they're pretty uh they're pretty outstanding um it's uh it was a this is this is one of the weirdest teams 2022 minnesota vikings one of the one of the weirdest teams oh. that has come through in as long as i can remember and as long as i've caught followed this they yeah. won an absurd amount of games they
0: all of them, all of them were one score games I believe they,
1: they couldn't cover to save early. their lives
0: I think maybe one win wasn't a one score game. It was very, very odd. And just kind of a a quick aside as you know, long time listeners know I, I threw my Vikings fandom in the trash years ago because of, I mean, first off the heartbreak and just knowing that I, I, what is it? uh, What is is the, what is the, the I mean, it, it applies in betting too. What is the bias we use the, that, you know, a loss in betting hurts twice as much as a win feels good. Yeah, loss aversion. Not just loss of it. It's it's the same thing with fandom. Like uh, a playoff loss hurts way worse. Asymmetrical, you
1: know, internet, yeah, just, asymmetric emotional yeah, response. Yeah, the, the cumulative,
0: yeah. the cumulative add up of all the playoff losses was too much, and that eventually it's just like, well, I need to be a little more or less, or I need to start killing some of my biases just to help me with betting. And I think not being a fan of teams is probably going to help with that. So I just, I kind of put that on the wayside, but. And I I did joke. I said, if they signed Lamar, I would I'd be a fan again when that was, you know, like a tiny little rumor. But, man, I tell you, Drew, and there's going to be some people that'll maybe this will maybe resonate a little with my son kind of likes football now. And he understands from his friends at school that, like, he's supposed to cheer for the Vikings and he wants the Vikings to win. And we watched some of quarterback. I put quarterback on. I'm still working my way through that. And he was so pumped to see the Vikings on there. He wanted them to win the game. And luckily, the, the best part is we're watching last season. Oh, yeah. So he, we, he, he's, we, he doesn't we, quite we. understand what we're watching. He's like, yeah, they won. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, this already happened. But let's let's cheer for them to get this win again. So I might get sucked back in. Although I'm kind of not excited for him to, like, you know, also experience those pain like i cried after the 98 and i was i was like seventh grade oh yeah when
1: you're in that time window and you really care about something and you don't get what you want oh it's and you realize you're you realize you're helpless you're like yeah when they they lost
0: to a falcons team that you know it was a very good falcons team but they were they should have won that game they probably would have won that Mm -hmm. super bowl i was I was beside myself. I was just young, and you know, it was only a few years into my fandom. And boy, that was a, you know, speaking of fun Minnesota seasons. If you're a fan, that was a 15 and one team. And this, yeah, this this team last year, as you were getting to before I, I started delving into my public or my private life, there is just <laughs> e- even as just casual observers. And you know, I have to live here in Minnesota, so I have I get extra yeah you know exposure to this and. I mean, even the diehards—the guys that I see at my fantasy football draft every year—that we get about fourteen Miller lights in, and you know they're basically setting the win total at fourteen or fifteen every year. <laughs> just like I don't understand how we how this team doesn't beat all these teams, you yeah. know. And even those kind of people were like, "Holy shit, how do we keep doing this?" Because yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the the I mean, there's more examples, but even just the bills and Colts games alone. Like I can't think of a single team that had a bill of like two games with that low of a, you know, win percentage pulling it out in the same yeah. season like that. Yeah. I mean, that those are both 99% games, man. And
1: yeah. Twice in one, you right. Twice in one season. And uh, those, by the way that you just mentioned two of like eight fourth quarter comesbacks for this team, which is crazy. Um, it's So Theory, I'm kind of, on that let eventually. me just kind of paint, to paint the full picture then a little bit here. So there were definitely stupid, terrible power rankings published weekly that are based on win loss and had the Vikings in the top five. There were definitely Vikings fans that were buying into the wins and being oh like eating their chest. Like this team is good. Um, And the narrative around it, kind of you see on twitter of the lowest common denominator people fighting was always like we're why aren't we getting respect why why are we dogs this week Why you know and like and literally everyone being like uh cause, Cause you're not good. because you're not good yeah. and you know what's funny andy even in that context they were not as good as they were getting credit for in vegas <laughs> I say, I vegas. and, and we, we we
0: did the same i know we, i think we probably said this yeah. a couple times during the season it's yeah. the same thing you see in college basketball and football where it's like hey this team is the 17th ranked team in the country yeah why are they a three-point underdog in either sports like well because sure. they're on the road against a team that's probably like the 30th best team in the country. And that means something because there's not a big gap. And, you know, in in the NFL, the gap from the best team into the worst team isn't very big. And obviously Minnesota's record said a lot, uh, a lot about, They're the end of the games, but and they just none of the games were won by margin. A lot of the games were, Mm -hmm. you know, comebacks, and truthfully, a lot of the games weren't against great teams. You know, it's not like super easy. You know, obviously, we do have to give them some credit for hanging with the bills. That was, you know, that was a road game. That was a, that was on the back of a, you know, that was a back-to-back road game for them.
1: Yeah, like, you I that, do want to give like them credit for that. Times they win 10, 10%, though.
0: Yeah, I, I want to give them credit for everything except the fact how they got the ball back with yeah. fumbling, fumbling, fumbling the and ball, ball on, on a, a short yardage play out of the end zone. Really but like, stupid. They fought in that one. And just, also, and the funny, Jefferson
1: like, was a 1% oh catch. God.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean the Jefferson catch was amazing. That was probably that's the, the highlight of the year, season, yeah. honestly. For yeah, them. that was the. But and best it's best. funny because that was that's the one I'd like to give him the most credit for. But then yeah. the next week was like the instant comeuppance, and we see like, <laughs> oh, this is what happens when this team, you know, and obviously coming off an overtime game like that, playing a good offense. That was one I mean, of my Dallas, put, Dallas
1: was one of my favorite bets of the whole. Dallas
0: season. put forty up on them the next week.
1: What? Well, not competitive. Um. Okay. So. It still is weird, though, that everybody who with two brain cells rub, you know, pull, look at EPA per play. Oh, this is an average team. Look at yards per play. Oh, this is an average team. You know, there were any DVOA. Didn't matter what metrics you went to. It was like, no, this team is average. They should not be. You know, you shouldn't be thinking of them with their win loss as the top five team at all. Like, stop. You're being stupid. Um, And even then, even that, even with everybody collectively knowing that there was a perception. Misfit with the data, they still were never properly priced. They were worse than the market priced them consistently throughout the entire season. They finished seven and ten against the spread, uh, including their playoff loss where they did not cover the three points. I think that maybe a close two and a half. I don't remember, um or maybe it was a flat. Uh, uh, maybe it was, so like I think a, it, was it, was a, G. G, it was a flat. It was a flat. Was it a flat three? No. Whatever yeah. it was. Uh, they did not cover. Um, that even still was a pretty coin-flippy game. But, um, you know, you start off the season solid. You beat the pants off of the Packers at home. You kind of make yourself, uh, you know, kind of, uh, hey, well, this is our division now, uh, kind of a statement. And then you turn right around on Monday Night Football, and you are uncom- not competitive with the, um, you know, the, the everybody's kind of darling team in the Philadelphia Eagles. And would you say through 2 weeks you pretty much knew exactly what this team was i mean really was there much uncertainty that's, in your that's mind it's really it's really funny yeah,
0: it's really funny to yeah. go back and look at that and it's truthful like funny that you know the the green bay packer was The Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay game was a bit of an outlier as far as how their defense played. Like, yeah, They would not limit another team to single digits for the rest of the season. In fact, their lowest, uh, the lowest output they would get from an an opposing offense after that would be the week 18 game against the Bears, which we Mm -hmm. already talked about last week, which was, I believe, Peterman. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't hardly throw that in there. And, you know, no. from there, the other ones would have been the Dolphins game, which was backup quarterbacks, the Washington game, which was essentially backup quarterbacks. Like when they played a team with a decent, you know, offense, it was you going to give up 20, 24 points. Yep. Yep. The defense was not good. I do, I do want to say, like, if there were a team, like, if you had to say 10 years in the future, this happens again. The NFL is not too much different than, you know, what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. What would be the traits of a team that won like 10 one-score games in a season and had, yeah. you know, es- essentially yeah. a, neutral, uh, yep. a neutral point differential? And yep. really, for, for me, the first thing would be like they had a good passing offense.
1: A good passing and I- offense and good pass pro. Yeah. Yeah, so you could you're 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 capable in comeback mode. That's all you care yeah. about. Good enough run defense that you're not going to let your opponents put the game away with the run, and good enough uh, good enough tackle play, good enough uh, interior, you know, good yeah. you know, just to, to good enough matchup play with your blocking uh, to give your guys a chance to come back. Yeah. Like they had the I exactly mean, the right DNA for that. Yeah,
0: full agree, and that that's not us saying that the Vikings were better than the Pythag said or were as good as their record set obviously we're mm-hmm. not saying that but we are it does like logically it makes sense to me like that the makeup of this team was a team that put themselves in those kind of positions a lot mm-hmm. because there's teams that are probably as good as this team you know mm-hmm. as far as if you wanted to give them an nfl power ranking against the spread last year power mm-hmm. rating that didn't have this kind of makeup to do this over and over. And obviously doing it as many times as them is a super big outlier that leads to the obvious thought that everyone thinks is this team is uh, you know going to regress, but uh, it's not a ton you of like, yeah. is, You can't keep doing this. You can't keep getting the, away with this. The, you know, the schedule is going to change and that's one thing, but sure. man, like my biggest takeaway from 22 to 23 is like, this is kind of the same team
1: yeah and <laughs> well except for the defensive coordinator that's maybe the only major kind of dna change um and, but you know they, they they're cutting some of the some of the familiar faces are no longer on this roster and we'll get there mm-hmm. um but i guess so kind of closing thoughts on uh, uh minnesota 2022 season uh number one um very it's just a just a very enjoyable team to bet on or against depending on matchups a enjoyable team to bet on live because they were always in the games. Enjoyable team to bet over under depending on matchups. A lot of overs on this team schedule. They finish, I guess they yeah eleven overs, seven unders over the balance of the season. There was a little bit of telegraphing when you you're like oh you're up against a team that has a, you know a viable passing offense. This game's going to end at land in the fifties. Don't mind if I take an over. Um, and I think realistically, uh, a, we need to to thank them because they helped. Um, provide a little bit of a data set to combat one of my least favorite gambling narratives, which is you just pick you just need to pick the winner, Andy like uh you you, co- you cover the spread or you you know the dog wins like it never lands in the middle like just, so,
0: just pick the you know and, and the, my and my favorite <laughs> thing is like that's true, and that makes sense <laughs> but but it, it makes such a silly. Yeah. Presupp- it presupposes that you're gonna figure out who's gonna win the game. Yeah, of course. Like that, but that part yes. is very
1: hard. But it also it also implies that there's no middle, that it yeah. never lands in there. And, and I and guess that, what? that's the thing, the, it lands five there times enough. five times with this Vikings team. They were favorites that won the game but did not cover the spread, which is quite cool. So thank you to the Vikings for providing that portion of the data set so that uh uh the people who kind of Feel like they've dawned on some hidden secret to crack the betting code? Can shove it because that's not correct. <laughs> There's correctly priced. How often it lands there? I promise you that. Especially you know, the more more liquid the market, the more uh, likely that that is correctly priced. Don't don't kid yeah. yourself. Anyway,
0: I, I think honestly, just a quick step in that direction. I think. For people who believe that and believe that, you know, they they know that you know Mm -hmm. maybe there's a wider distribution in a game, and they think they're directionally correct. Mm -hmm. Like that just leads like the answer isn't just pick the winner. The answer is if you really don't agree with the market and you think you can pick the winner, Mm -hmm. you should be betting alt spreads. Yeah. I don't you know yeah. you you should be taking sure. the spread for 50% of a bet, <laughs> the alt spread for 25, and then the, the major mm-hmm. alt spread for another twelve. Like if that's, yeah. that's 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 kind of my takeaway. Yeah. Or if that. you have
1: I, a team like the Vikings who's laying on. points and you're like they're overrated, like don't you don't need to have a precise you know win probability for the dog to take the money line to get out to know what that price is be just to you know take the points when they were available. Anyway, uh real quick, I want to say um i i love one. I, I loved i, I love real quick
0: back to like the
1: yeah, black to the it. playoff loss ahead, too yeah.
0: yeah somebody brought that up in the chat and they said you know they get the shit kicked out of them by the giants and i i remember yeah. never feeling like they were gonna win that game but yeah that game was that game yeah. was i had to look that game was tied in the fourth quarter yeah it was competitive and i was chatting with drew on that i yeah. said we our takeaway during that week during wildcard weekend was like Vikings are overrated. The Giants are slightly overrated, but not nearly as much as the Vikings. And it's it's probably the right side. But the biggest takeaway there was like, doesn't matter who wins this, they're getting just, you know, beat to shit next week. And I don't think, uh, you know, no, no, who cares? No, uh, like, slight against the Giants. I think the Vikings would have, you know, suffered a similar fate against the
1: uh well they would have played those, the uh niners instead they of they would yeah they would have gotten a different yeah, game they, based on their they season. also would have gotten slaughtered that by that would have been a bad so, match yeah, that would have been very well. very very bad for them yeah, okay Either so way, I I just, really I just, really I just gotta say this 2022 Vikings one of my favorite all-time favorite football teams they were entertaining as shit to watch they were they were very straightforward to handicap and um uh if I had flat-staked every bet I made, and I checked this because I suspected it, and it's true. If I had flat-staked every single bet I made in the NFL last year, uh, I would have won the most money betting Vikings games. They, it, was the, it was the most straightforward handicap that there was, and I appreciate them for
0: that. I remember you being just banging the table for the Cowboys that week. That was a good one. one. I don't think anybody.
1: I should have. I should have. I should have. I I I should have. Honestly, I should have looked halfway through the season and been like, I need to be up up upstaking when I'm betting Vikings games because we got these guys dead to rights. And uh, I
0: I, I think that's a good point for the, the overarching thoughts that we have on like betting the NFLs. Mm -hmm. If there is a team like this, where they just, they've turned into a, we know what they are. They're simple. Like the, the, the more information you have on a team, maybe we should be upstaking a little when we yeah. decide we're, we're taking a position on them because, like, and it's funny too because uh, you mentioned I mentioned the Cowboys game, but the Cowboys Eagles game, too. Yeah, <laughs> like those, yeah, those were two of brilliant.
1: the, yeah, brilliant ones. The yeah.
0: Two of the ones where you were just like, I don't know if I have enough on this. Game.
1: <laughs> so, a couple of thoughts also, then, yeah, and we're coming right off of a team where we are were banging the table that the uncertainty bands are so large who the fuck knows and yeah. like i th- i think you just have to kind of you know it's 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 fun it's interesting to look at the teams with the huge uncertainty bands and try to make a prediction and if you're right you feel smart but it's way better to just be like oh these are the teams with very known quantities and as long as these players stay healthy, I think we pretty much know exactly what they ought to be rated week in, week out, uh, matchup dependent. And um, that's kind of how I feel about the Vikings now. So the, the consequence of their loss to the Giants was the um, dismissal of defensive coordinator Ed Donatel. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, his defensive scheme was like maybe it was good in like the 1960s. Um, But it certainly did not have any of the hallmarks of kind of a modern, um, you know, modern defensive philosophy. Uh, all of sort of the hallmarks of what Fangio and the Rams and some of the other kind of really smart minds in the last five years to you know, all of the, all the kind of the philosophy and the concepts that those teams are using were completely absent from what you saw with the Vikings. They were just kind of like a team with a bunch of guys who used to be super talented, that were all a little old, all a little overpaid and uh, asked to, you know, kind of keep, you know, try to do too much in an NFL that was really not uh you know that would, they were not built to defend um yeah it was so, kind of yeah. there was
0: a t- two-part issue and i'm glad minnesota saw that the scheme was also bad because sometimes it's like hey we have a scheme and we just don't have the guys to do it mm-hmm. and you can see it it's like man you you can't run this with mm-hmm. you know the the corners you have like uh we've talked about the the way that corners link you know just coverage units as a, as a whole Link with the pass rush, and yeah. you know uh, teams that want to be aggressive and that they they want to blitz. And I, I'll get back to that because that's my main thought on the the changes here. Was just like they didn't have the personnel either, mm-hmm. but at the same time the scheme was bad enough, and it was time to move on. And you know, as yeah. a couple of these teams have yeah. made out like a bandit, like we mentioned with. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, probably just really nice if they were able to get a guy that we think might be a good offensive mind and you get him in, you know, somebody who's been bandied around a little as far as this guy might be a head coach, (laughs) you know, if you can get him as a coordinator good for you. And obviously the same thing goes for Flores who's been in that position before and has shown like, hey, I've called plays for yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think there's a bigger, maybe, I don't know, a bigger badge of honor than being able to call a defense like sure. Bill Be- Bill Belichick says, "I trust you to do this." Yeah,
1: of course. That's a, that's like, a that that's, vote. That's talk speech. about a vote of confidence. Yeah, yeah. That's it's the, the opposite of Bill Belichick putting you in yeah. charge of an offense. Um, which is not necessarily that much of an indicator that you know what you're doing. Um, But, but having Bill Dahlstein,
0: who's who's in the bathroom stall right now? I think it's judge. You you got this man. Go get him. Go get him.
1: Go get him buddy. Um, But uh, the, you're right. No, long-term Flores as a defensive coordinator, hire. Good job. Second grade decision-making by the organization from the coaching hire because I like Kevin O'Connell. I like his honesty. I like his vision. I think ultimately he kind of gets, he gets it <laughs> in terms of like being have creative you, and being interesting. You watch much U-space. quarterback.
0: Uh, the Not yet. One? No, no, I haven't watched it. He, he, obviously he's featured in that a bit. Okay. Yeah. The biggest takeaway fucking Twitter, stop like stop liking Kirk Cousins. He's a okay. huge dork guy. So, he, it's okay. but, the, the, so perfect. I, but the same thing you're saying. I yeah. love the Kevin O'Connell quotes I'm hearing. Yeah. I yeah. like his interactions with the team. Yeah. I like yeah. him.
1: Yeah, long term. I, I can see him being there for 10 years. I can see this working. I can see ultimately, like, you know, an ultimate, if the, assuming that the personnel side of this catches up, which is a huge question mark still, um, then, you know, this is, you know, they're building something cool there. And there's just like, it's like other reasons to just long term be a buyer of the Vikings, like ownership is good. Like they've invested in the team, they invested in the medical staff, they invested in like making players and their families feel good. You saw the, uh, you, you know, you saw last year when the NFL Players Association went out and surveyed all the players about all the different aspects of working for a team and a franchise, and came back with the grades, the report card of all the franchises. I, I didn't even need to open it. I could have guessed right away that the Vikings were going to be at first. I don't one hundred percent remember if they were first, but that would have been my. My yeah, guess, okay. just because of the way that they treat their players, the treat their families and, you know, what they put in, you know, what what they provide for these players. It's ultimately it's it's like a hidden edge, I think, and they're doing it the right way. And that's very cool. So long term buyer of the coaching staff, long term buyer uh, of the franchise um, and uh, you know, I don't think Flores is necessarily going to work out with this personnel, and we'll get there. Um, but I definitely think uh, that they have they've, they've made some good decisions generally as a franchise. Now, here's the key, key one that I, I didn't prep you for, and I need your sincere opinion on this. And you having watched quarterback now and having some Kirk Cousins thoughts bouncing, around, it, but, but you got the Kirk Cousins thoughts bouncing yeah. around in the old uh, uh in the old Normal. brain, brain cavity. Um, the ongoing joke of analytics twitter is you know that a quarterback chart is correct if pat mahomes is in the top right and kirk cousins is in the dead middle it is a very very funny and appropriate joke because yeah. that is what kirk cousins is we know it we know it we know it now to last year we were somewhat I don't know if we were critical, but we kind of were lamenting that there was an opportunity because there was so much quarterback demand across the NFL that Kirk cousins seemed perceived to have trade value. And t- you know, Questy taking over could have decided tear it down to the studs. Let's let's, let's take our lumps this year. We'll draft a quarterback and a quarterback rich draft next year. And we'll build this thing up from the, from the ground instead They fiddle fucked around with this contract. They keep him as sort of the medium term answer. And now they may have found themselves in purgatory where his play specifically elevates the offense to the tune of it's hard for me to see this team winning for games in a given season and getting an elite pick in the draft if he starts all 17 games and he's been very available throughout his career so there's no reason to think all of a sudden something weird is going to happen and he's not going to be the guy every single week week in, week out so this all goes for my question to you did the vikings make a mistake not cutting bait with with uh, um with cousins at the regime change uh, point point that they took over
0: Maybe and truthfully, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little bit of a confession here. The the team building stuff with you know the cap considerations and the money bores me to tears. Of course, like I, I I understand it enough like to kind of try to have a pulse on what I think teams are going to do. But, I mean, that's the big question here, too, is, you know, you have to replace him and what he's going to cost for a guy. And truthfully, there's not – you don't need to put any extra filters on Kirk Cousins' like CPOE or his EPA for play numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't think he played in them like – this is hyperbole. Obviously, there was a few – you know, the Packers and Eagles games right off the bat, there was some time. But, like, the amount of garbage time that was played by the Vikings was – as minimal as a team can get. (laughs) Like, how how many fourth quarters were there? I'm going to look this up while you go, but go ahead. Take away the first two weeks where the the win against the Packers and the loss against the Eagles. How much garbage time was there for the rest of the season? Like, fucking bupkis. So Kirk Cousins' middle-of-the-pack numbers are pretty accurate. It's just, you know, it it was a well-coached team. And like we Said off the beginning, a team that can do this sort of thing is going to have a a good enough passing game and a a good offense, a good offensive scheme. The the run scheme is good. The tackles played well. You got more out of the offensive line than I think you uh, you know some people thought you were going to. And then you trade for a tight end middle the middle season, a tight end who is did and probably will again see a lot of volume. So it's it's like a very above average passing offense with a middle of the pack quarterback. And when you have all those other pieces, you don't need Mahomes. I mean, the, the conversation we had with the Chiefs was oh, shit, you can trade Tyreek and he can still do all of this. Doesn't matter. Like, he had Kelsey and a bunch of Jags. And, you know, I, I don't want to dog in everybody, but nobody really lived up to their potential there. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't the guy who's going to do that. He needs an offensive player of the year, he needs a high end tight end. And, but he's good, he's good enough to go out and put that product out every year. Just like, and I, again, I said, it bores me to tears and I don't want to deal with it, but it's not a guy you want to pay, you know, long-term at at, what, 35? Yeah, because like long-term, long-term, I'm. it it might be like, oh shit. Like, what if Madison turns out to be just as good as Cook in this scheme? Addison turns out good. Jefferson doesn't drop off and you're stuck with, I don't know. Like, who's your, who's your big free agent quarterback next year?
1: I mean, I don't think you can go that route if you're this team. And I don't think you really want to go that route if you're this team because you have an elite left tackle in Darisaw. You have the world's yeah. best wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. No, you're so you, you're in a you, bad you spot literally to start over. Yeah, you you but but those two guys right away, whoever you bring in as a young player to try to develop as your next quarterback of your franchise is gonna have a head start because they have or they're working they're going to have elite protection and they're going to have an elite weapon to work with
0: the opposite of what fields. (laughs) is
1: Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, And so, you know, they're in a little bit of a limbo now where I don't really know what they do because uh, they're going to win too many games to get a, a really good prospect in the drafts. So they're going to have to take a swing on a guy. Like, all of the, like, the draft talk around the Vikings was around quarterbacks who were like, maybe they'll be available at the end of the first round, like a Hendon yeah. Hooker. And, you know, nobody knew Levis was going to slide to round two. But, you know, like, it was it was pretty clear that the top four... Really weren't going to be there for those guys, or it was assumed they weren't going to be there for those guys, and so they were kicking the tires on the fifth best quarterback. And like, if you're picking for the third, fourth, fifth best quarterback in a given draft, even if they are ultimately like elevated with the players and the system that you got, it's still you know it's going to be that much tougher <laughs> for them to hit at an elite level. At the you know, so it's yeah. it's you know, to and me, I just at least, pulled up, pulled a up Sport Track,
0: play. Drew. You yeah, know, like you said, they're, they're the odds of them being a top five pick is so low, just because they they have this inherent floor with their offense. Sure. And I just looked up like twenty twenty four quarterback free agents on Sport Track. The, the top bad. of that market is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> the best one is Kirk Cousins. Essentially, it's it's Kirk Cousins, thirty five. Next one is <laughs> Tannehill. Boy, I could see Tannehill coming here. Man, Ooh. honestly, Kevin O'Connell could do a lot worse. Tannehill, who's again is thirty five and then you get Brissette, Tarad, Taylor, Mariota, aye, aye, aye. Not, not in love with Darnold, Winston, Locke, Mayfield, McCoy, yeah. Minshew. It's yeah. it's rough. Either you're trading for someone or you're developing someone. And yeah. that it's 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 a bad spot for this team to be. Yeah. And I I do wonder if I have no idea what they're gonna
1: do. See, the prop the problem with the decision to stick with cousins, forget forget about the money part of it. Forget about how else you're deploying that capital to build your team. The problem was if I had told you if I tell you right now, Andy, I got the I got the uh the almanac, um Kirk Cousins finishes the year as a top five quarterback in EPA per play, you would say you're you're lying. <laughs> no, no, he yeah. doesn't. So like he made that up. No, no, he made that up. Like the season ended with Kirk Cousins checking it down on fourth and eight. Like that's that was the most appropriate ending of the season I could have possibly imagined. You can't write that stuff. Um the so like the problem is that his ceiling is never going to be high enough to get you into championship contention, even with the other pieces you put around him. So what what are we doing here? Um and I think the only kind of top ten ceiling-ish quarterback that is probably going to be available if you want to trade for one next off season is Kyler Murray. Does that move the needle for you at all in this system? I don't,
0: I don't think that's the right fit. No, okay. I mean, you've, you've built an offensive line for a pocket passer. You have good enough wide receivers where you, you don't need to run some of the silly shit that we decided was going to work with uh, Cliff.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: this is a hey, let's get one more good young tight end, run a lot of 12 shit, use the wide receivers we have that are great on the outside and do what we do best. Like, yeah, it's boy, this is going to be Tannehill. Isn't this? Yuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like well, that
0: team's going to rebuild and Tannehill's going to I mean,
1: re- or realistically years. that, or you end up drafting the fourth, you know, they, they give Kirk cousins a one more year kind of deal. And he's the bridge to whoever they draft in the first round this year. Uh, tough to say, but realistically, you're going to have the third or fourth pick. Um, there's not going to be a lot of teams in the draft mark, you know, like mark in the market for a drafting the quarterback next year. I don't think because so many took them this year. Like that's just kind of the cyclical nature of this. So maybe the third best quarterback in the draft falls to you in the teens if you're, you know, a 500 team this year. So that that's not crazy, but still, like you've kind of wasted two years of prime Jeff Justin Jefferson. You have wasted two years of prime Christian Jar- Dariusaw. Your defense is it decayed on the field last year to the tune of you had to wipe all of the contracts on that defense outside of Daniel Hunter. And
0: that's the thing too. If you you do decide to stick with Kirk for some, some way that works out your entire draft and your entire free agency period has to be, we have to, we can't have any ifs or buts and candies and nuts on defense. We have to bring in known quantities that are going to work for Flores and yeah, work sure. immediately like that. That's what 20, 2024 for the Vikings. If you stick with Kirk, you say, Hey, he's not, he's not elite, but he's good enough <laughs> with this offense. If we had a defense that could stop anybody, stop, you know, and you do the push the chips in Rams dolphins kind of move and you spend on defense. You you'd have to have like a splash signing up front. You'd have to have a, a decent corner.
1: God, teams are and, so and then, good and then at evaluating. You, and then your team oh is hobbled. No, man, like teams are so good at evaluating their own players. There was like there were like two blue chip guys available on defense this last year, and uh,
0: yeah, ah, I, th- I think at that point you're, you're banking you're banking on
1: good defense players. But yeah, yeah,
0: you're banking on Flores being able to pick some diamonds. Yeah, in the rough. and
1: actually that that's kind of an important point about why the Flores hire was somewhat inspiring. Like you look at the pieces he has to work with this year and you're like, Oh, sh- this could go really, really sideways. However, yeah. Flores she, she showed be, an, let season sh- Yeah, he, sh- he, sh- he showed an ability. Flores showed an ability to coach guys up on the dolphins. When he was with that absolutely miserable roster, uh, he got, you know, he, he, he got decent play out of not, you know, not great pieces. I thought so. Um, Major, obvious, obvious, obvious uh, departures. The Vikings were net losers in terms of talent this offseason. Cook, not a guy that you really want to be giving that kind of money to. He's out. He's still waiting for his new team. Hand was forced there. Not a surprise. But that's still not something that you're super fired up about in terms of just having one less offensive piece to work with. Uh, Zadarius Smith, similarly, not worth the money they were paying him. He is gone his production was a little suspect last year, although I still have a very, you know, a, a clearly above replacement level grade on Smith. I had an above replacement level grade on Kendricks. Uh, I had an above replacement level grade on Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, by the way, um, kind of revitalized his career last year after going through a, a that that he go, he went through that that typical cornerback dip where speed wasn't going to do it anymore, and then he figured out how to, uh, you know, kind of do it with smarts, and so he's in he Pittsburgh was- now.
0: You know, obviously, Ke- Kendrick's doesn't have it like he used to, but mm-hmm. he's still good enough to like s- definitely start in a lot of places. Yep. Yep. And Zedarius Smith, like you said, the pay was a little much, but he's he has productive years ahead sure. of him. So but does Dalvin funny, Tom- like? Of,
1: yeah, yeah. Both, he, oh yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin Thomas and, and Smith, by the way, together again in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, like, that's true. But it's funny too. The Patrick Peterson signing was just when they first did that. It's like, oh no, what what, what are we thinking with that? Yeah. And uh, they, they jettisoned three or four defensive backs, and Patrick Peterson was probably the best of them last year. Yeah. Was, um, I mean, I, I can't think of his name now. Sure, I mean, that's the, he, he stepped in the second half of the season. It'll come to me in a second. He was okay. I don't know so if it's uh, repeatable, but, like, Dancler and Sullivan, like, they weren't Dude. great.
1: I think it was. Did dance Dancer's not even on the squad anymore? He got uh, no, no, no. A- I'm <laughs> saying
0: Duke Shelley. Duke, Duke, Duke Shelley, Shelley showed go. some promise. I don't know if that's repeatable. That was fluky, but like yeah, Dancer. Oh, Duke Shelley is also gone, gone. By the way, Duke yeah, Shelley's in Vegas. Those, now.
1: <laughs> yeah. All three of those
0: are gone. And like the one yeah. I'm, I'm most hopeful for this year, somehow Patrick Peterson at like age fifty.
1: Yeah. Oh, Dancer's gone. He's in Buffalo. And Shelley's mm-hmm. gone. He's in Vegas. Um. Yep. Yeah, Tom. You know, and then there, and then the other, you know, the losses on offense were after Cook were kind of shrugs. Thielen needed, you know, yeah. the, you, that you're replacing with a younger version of him. That's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, you lost a couple of what, a tight end and Nerve Smith who never really fit. Um, yeah, I mean, and yeah,
0: we're planning on moving on. I think there with the trade. Yeah, for, uh, yeah.
1: For and the the guys they brought in are interesting cases. But um, They're guys that did not play a huge amount of last season for various reasons, but what we saw from them was good. Marcus Davenport's kind of at the top of that list. Like, he has first-round pedigree. He has shown pretty impressive flashes in his career. He is on a one-year prove-it, and he could very easily replace the production of Zedarius Smith. I think that's, that's pretty clear to me. Um, Byron Murphy, similarly, in a situation not unlike Patrick Peterson, where he could have a productive couple of years for you. So I, I don't he, think he's yeah. going to be
0: asked to do like a ton, ton. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna cycle in. He's gonna play nickel. Yeah, like and, and he has he has something to give. And like you mentioned, I like I like the Davenport signing. I'm a little worried that the Daniil Hunter stuff. Nobody talks about that because we all want to. You think talk he about could hold Olympics. out? I I don't think it will go that far, but it's certainly the the relationship isn't great right now. So, Hmm. uh, you know, having more defensive ends and more pass rushers helps the other ones. So, obviously, having Hunter on the field will help Davenport. Uh, I don't watch Pac-12 football, so I didn't uh, stay up and watch a lot of games. But Vikings currently
1: twenty eighth right now in cap spend. Yeah. So there's that Daniel Hunter deal is going to come.
0: I, I think so. It's just we're, yeah. in a, we're we're already to camp, you know. I th- I thought it might be a June thing. Um, yeah,
1: there's plenty of time still.
0: There there is time, but the the what's it, Mackay Mackay Blackman?
1: Beck, yeah, Blackman. Uh, yep. Yeah.
0: That was your second draft pick, I guess. You know, he's all Pac-12 defense. He's played well enough to make that squad in a conference I don't really watch, but some people are hopeful for that, and I don't know if it can get much worse. You have a better coordinator, but. I like to your point. It's a weird situation to be in where this defense probably got worse from a talent standpoint after what we saw last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they probably did, but at the same time, they got a hell of a lot cheaper. Um, And they, they replaced production. I think, I think they, they generally replaced enough production that I don't think you're, really scared about the absolute bottom falling out with these guys like what was their you know their defensive rating last year was not good enough to keep up with the lead offenses but it was still it was good enough to keep you in games and that's what you needed with the offense you had to have all those comebacks like you you know and you know they they didn't keep you in the first half of the Colts game but the Colts let you back in um but yeah so a lot of the other comebacks that were pretty uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty memorable for this Vikings team where because the margin wasn't more than a, a score or two, um, yeah. particularly in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I don't the, think... The inter- yeah. yeah,
0: the interesting part about the defense, Drew, is it's like what we talked about when we did the Seattle preview last year. We said it's crazy, like this defense didn't give up big plays because they knew they knew they sucked. So they turned into <laughs> like a no doubles defense in 2021. Yeah. Uh, Or 20, yeah, 20, I'm trying to think what two years ago would have been now. And the same thing can be said about Minnesota. If you look at their defensive EPA per play last year, Mm -hmm. middle of the pack. But if you go look at success rate, they're like, you know, they're pretty much bottom five. Like they're right up there with some, I mean, essentially the same success rate as like Indy and Houston. Yeah. Bad (laughs) defenses. So they did that where, hey, we're going to let you have, successful plays over and over and over and not give up huge ones. And as Sam, who is a smart cat, points out in the chat, uh, Flores' defense might be bad in a completely different way, which (laughs) in my opinion might be good for this Minnesota team who, like if your defense stinks, why do you want them on the field anymore? If you're going to have that bad of success rate and still be middle of the pack, um, you know, hope to get some third down stops and give up huge plays, get the offense back out their score again, because Flores is going to be very aggressive with just as bad of a secondary, just as bad of a, a skill yeah. coverage unit, yeah. pass rush unit, yeah. maybe just as bad. And yeah. if they're going to be that, like, what, I mean, what comes with the blitz when you're a cornerback, what happens when, when they blitz?
1: You get uh, exposed.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're in man. You're, yeah. You have yeah. a bunch of guys who're gonna yeah, have to you pay a lot you of cannot, man You
1: cannot fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they're
0: they're gonna give up some big plays. Yeah. And Sam points out too. Yeah, they probably will force some more turnovers. They'll have some some big stops. Yeah. Um, you know, the biggest thing uh, you can do for a bad secondary yeah. is maybe get a sack on second down. Force a third and seventeen, something like yeah. that. That's that's great for a shitty secondary if they can, they can play a little uh, up like that and not have to worry about shit. It's yeah. always third and three, and these slants are killing us. We don't have we don't have it in us to you know play man coverage for eighty percent of this game. Yeah, so it'll it'll they'll lose in a different way on the defense, but it might be it might be advantageous.
1: Okay, so here's some wondering the, what they have. Here's some of the player ratings I got for the Vikings. Um, worst cornerback room in the league. Um. Sure. Yep. The and that's just because these guys are unknowns quantities. Like
0: Yeah, you you have a I will say that how many more rookie corners did we see kind of oh shit, you're kind of good. Pretty right good, yeah.
1: Past. That I think that's the exception though. I, know, <laughs> I don't I, think, I don't know that these guys are going to just pop. Um there are so many unknown quantities right. in the cornerback room. I have no idea how to properly rate Evans, Blackman, Booth, Williams, Gowan, Barnes, Ward, Reed. These guys are all right now below replacement level for me because I just have no freaking clue what we're going to get. Uh, safety play. I have as good Harrison Smith yeah. and Bynum good, good players. Those guys are Smith still playing above replacement level. Good, but good job by him. Uh, Byron Murphy. I have as your, he's currently listed on our lads as the nickelback. He's going to have to do some CB one duty. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get away with nickelbacking, but maybe he is. Uh, he's clearly the best cornerback, uh, and everybody else is a gigantic question mark. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of mentioned it. Like, there are a couple of high spots on the pass rush, but overall it's weak because the uh, interior is pretty suspect. Uh, don't know anything about Tonga. I guess he's going to start as uh, your nose tackle. Um, Phillips is a question mark. Hunter, solid. Uh, Lowry, question mark. Um, Hicks, uh, solid. Asmoa? Question mark. Davenport. Solid. Uh, you know. So it's it's a kind of a mixed bag in the front seven. But yeah. add, like I, in I totality, Mur- you add listed, them all together. Yeah. Good.
0: Murphy listed as the nickel. It means less than it would. Like, do you sure. remember when you first learned about football? Be like, sure. Oh, you know, when a team really decides they're going to be aggressive and they mm-hmm. put a third wide receiver out there, you're going to have to yeah. play nickel defense. Like, yeah. The rate of I'd love to see the rate of nickel in like 95 compared yep. to. to like you play if you're a nickel corner you're still on the field up uh, yep. on in today's you know in today's defense so he'll he'll be asked to do a lot more than you know old school nickels but i, I still think he they want him play slot a little yep. bit
1: so some of the parts i got 29th ranked on paper for the starters uh reserves are a huge suspect on defense too <laughs> so it's not like there's incomplete. really yeah and and it's a, yeah it's an incomplete but at the same time like 29th seems to be the bottom of what we could see. If any of these cornerbacks pop and play, uh, you know, play a solid, solid, you know, have a solid season for them, then all of a sudden this is now looking like an average defense again, which complemented with a good offense could be uh, enough to get them back into a wild card mix in a super, super weak uh, NFC. So I guess I still don't really understand the long term vision. I still don't get the long term vision of quarterback. And there, but there was nothing they could really do this year. Uh, and I think they replaced expensive with cheap and similar production wherever they went for it. Uh, so I give them a B plus in totality. What yeah, and th- that's where uh, yeah, exactly, and they upgraded D coordinator.
0: Exactly what I said with what I'm worried about will happen in 2024, because they did kind of they got cheap, um, but they set it up for hey, we want to have a good defense eventually. Does mm-hmm. feel like they're set up to have some sort of plan defensively if they figure out quarterback, who knows, but it does feel like they're going to have a spend season next year because this was like the, Hey, we, we went, we went yeah. cheap this year, but we're not tanking. It's not like, yeah. Hey, we went cheap and we're going to play bad. It's still, yeah. there's still plenty of pieces on this. So yeah, B be because I'm I'm excited about Flores.
1: Well, they well, can actually do some self-evaluation. See, you know, they can evaluate, yeah. Hey, these are all the defensive cornerbacks we took swings on. If these guys have promise, then we push our chips in the table. We either go one more year with Kirk, or we bring in a Kyler Murray type of player, and we say we're going for the we're going for the twenty 2020 twenty Ram, twenty twenty one Rams model here. We'll trade away some picks for some stars, and we're gonna we're gonna try to hit this thing this year. Well, um, and that's yeah, not crazy. Yeah, if so gonna, anyway, if you're gonna yeah, evaluate yeah. a bunch yeah. of
0: young and unknown defense yeah. backs let's bring in the guy who coached the McCourties and Chung and sure. more and Savian Howard. <laughs> like sure. this guy has been around.
1: He's developed young talent. There. Yes, he has. Yeah, he absolutely has. He has been yes. around.
0: He, he's part of the, all those guys yeah. developments as well. Yeah. So like if you're going to have so much to evaluate it, I guess you're in, you're in good hands there.
1: Yeah. And, and if it doesn't work, then you tear it, it down you. and you yeah. start with a rookie quarterback and you try to build it, you know, the, the hard way. Um, instead of mm-hmm. just trying to go for the grab the breast ring. Anyway, um, let's look at their schedule. Yeah, Do you agree with my off season grade being better than B, or you think there was something? No, else? No, um, I like I the floors su- higher. I think that's enough I to get surprised. me in B. Plus range in and of itself. I,
0: I know you lost Thielen, but I'm 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 high enough on Osborne and Hawkinson. I was a little surprised they went wide receiver. I really really thought. There's like yeah. five corners that are kind of in that range where you can even trade back if you wanted to get one of them. Um, it was, it was a little surprising went wide receiver there, but I guess it's like, you know, we have, we're bringing in other people. We're going to evaluate all these guys and we're going to kind of figure it out. And yes, Addison is very fast.
1: Well, so. that was, uh, who I forget who made this point, but probably one of the deep dive discord guys had my favorite joke of the day, which was, uh, wasn't mm-hmm. the knock on him in the draft process that he didn't have, uh, good straight line speed and uh, that was his that was the uh the knock um, yeah that stretch at 94
0: yeah. is pretty straight yeah. if you're gonna go really fast that's i mean there there are worse places in the twin cities to do it but yeah hopefully he gets his head on straight i do n-
1: yeah for, just for the record not expecting a suspension there just that's no, just, just a rando not. rando rando july news blip and uh, no, I think uh he, no hopefully he learns yeah ho- hopefully he learns ass. from that yeah
0: yeah learn learn uh, no, your, your b your b is fine um and I think okay. a lot of it is because we don't have enough information to give them a C on defense. Like there's sure. just so many new well, things like I don't, there's so many incomplete pieces that we can't I, I don't say, hate like, the vision.
1: But my point is I don't hate the vision, right? Fair. Like okay. either we develop these guys up and then we do the Rams or these guys don't have it. In which case we need a lot more draft capital. And so we sell some of our, assets for draft pieces and we draft a quarterback and start from scratch. Like they, have kind of given themselves those two avenues depending on the results of the season and particularly how they develop their players this season. And I think that's, I think that's smart. Give yourself options. Uh, Don't paint yourself into a corner where you have to go do something insane. Like, you know, give a, you know, a noted, uh, uh, you know, sexual pervert, $200 million guaranteed, you know?
0: (laughs) Um, Let's look at their schedule.
1: Yeah. Ooh, a lot of blue on that, uh, on that uh, look ahead line column. Hmm. Um, Eight and a half implied wins here Um, because it is an NFC schedule. It looks pretty easy on paper. Uh, You got a lot of bad defenses on here, notably Detroit twice Uh, Notably Chicago twice, but that's going to be the same for everyone in uh, this division. Uh, And in fact, uh, you know, outside of those teams, there are a couple other pretty questionable units on here Um, and uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, I guess maybe New Orleans, although I'm going to have a fight with someone at some point about what New Orleans' defense is, because I don't think they're good. Um, And then there's a bunch of relatively good defenses on here. You got to play San Francisco, Cincinnati. Uh, They may not actually be a good defense, but, Denver, good defense. Denver. San Francisco, good defense. KC, good defense. Carolina, good defense. Philadelphia, good Charlie. defense. Uh, Tampa Bay, good personnel, maybe good defense. We'll see. Chargers, maybe a good defense. Uh, Atlanta, good defense by my numbers. Uh, so there's there's a pretty healthy, uh, difficult schedule of opponents here in terms of defenses, and then a lot of quarterbacks that are going to light you on fire. there's no stopping me from playing over in KC versus Minnesota on that fast ass turf. I don't know what that total is going to be. 54,
0: 54, still
1: probably an over.
0: You know, it depends on Minnesota looks against these other teams, but
1: there's a decent chance that Carolina's defense
0: is better than we thought than we think. That, you know, they have a few pieces. If Minnesota mm-hmm. underperforms for a couple weeks in a row against yep. you know, three weeks in a row with some people with personnel, oh, you might get like a 51 and be pretty yeah.
1: happy. So Cincinnati and Philly are in on the road, and Cincinnati's in the winter. KC um, and San Francisco are at home. Those are four elite offenses. Elite personnel groups, for sure. Skill position groups, for sure. Um quarterbacks and or yeah, like, skill. Win
0: total for those four games, I'd set it like I'd have to give it an Asian total. Like 0.75. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, 0.75. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: seven oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, point 25. Um,
0: good teams lose to medium teams. No,
1: I was great. what I was gonna say is those four teams, and granted one of them's a winter game, but uh if I set the total points scored against Minnesota for those four squads. Uh, I'm probably looking at like a 160 ish, <laughs> 40 points per team with those four offenses is not crazy. Uh, it's not probably a, a median 160, but uh, it's you know we're we're talking about those those games. You're if, if Minnesota wants to win those games, they're going to have to get above 35. I think. Oh,
0: we we're close. Somebody says that there's a 53 out there and a half for
1: yeah, that uh, Chiefs game right now. That's that sounds right to me. Um, Mahomes picking apart this defense is going to be wild. Uh, same with Burrow. Same with uh, you know. Same with Philly. Um, no, I don't know. I guess I don't. We don't really know who the quarterback is going to be in San Francisco, but it's probably going to be Purdy, I suppose. Um, okay, so. Fun games. I'm going to bet a lot of these. I love the schedule of this team. This is going to be a fun one. Um, in terms of rest and travel, nothing really stands out. You do have a nice little time and rest advantage against San Francisco, but not enough to close that gap entirely. Uh, you have a uh, um, a travel and a weather disadvantage at Cincinnati. That could be ugly. Um Rest and travel yeah. disadvantage at Vegas. That one might make an interesting one because if Vegas is terrible, Minnesota at Vegas, you might see lay, you know, Minnesota laying a pretty big number there. Once we get to the, you know early December, that might be an interesting one to look for a Vegas play. Um, and then, uh, yeah, two games against Detroit in the last three weeks, sandwiched with the Green Bay in the middle. Detroit Green Bay, Detroit sandwich. Uh, do you think that sequence of three games decides the NFC North, Andy?
0: Probably I just as much as I'm hopeful for Justin Fields to be taking a step, doesn't seem likely that the we're all that high on the Bears getting in the mix. But Detroit basically just needs, you know, some of these pieces they added to the pass rush. We'll talk about them soon um, to jive, and some of the pieces they have, you know, developed or added in the secondary to be halfway deep. like they need middle of the pack defense. And suddenly Detroit is very a very fun and very good team that's competitive. So. It depends what we get out of the Green Bay defense. We weren't super hopeful for the coaching, but we think they have the most talent. But, yeah, these three teams, for all different reasons, are all like, you know, these are 10-plus win teams. It's going to be a very competitive division, and, you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise. If something crazy happens in Chicago, it might be a wildly competitive division. So I think you're right. That stuff, that game might be for the division, that Sunday game, which, honestly, maybe it gets a – Maybe we have some of those games get flexed down the road. One of them's already a Sunday night game in that Green Bay one. Um, I mean, just before we get to the odds, too, I mean, my takeaway uh, before we bet them is probably kind of what we've been saying the whole time here is what did we we led with this? We said it's the same team. Like – This offense, this offense works pretty well, but this defense isn't good. Like, hopeful for Flores, but anybody who wants to go look at the Miami numbers for the three years he was there, they were like thirty second in fucking everything. His first year, he's good, and I think the really big hope is that step that he took that second year. Like that defense really got good for his second and third year. They had they put up some good numbers, but it's just you can't go there with a cupboard that's bare. And just say, well, I have the best scheme, so it'll work with anybody. You do have to bring some pieces in, and maybe he can coach some of these guys up. But man, this defense might just stink out loud. Still, it's it's going to be a it's a work in progress, I think. So it's crazy. Like we have the same team with a tougher schedule and a little regression. So I'll look at the odds and see what we think of the the prices for a team like that.
1: Super Bowl thirty-five to one, no thank you. NFC fourteen to one, not enough upside to get involved with with either of the futures there. NFC North plus two seventy is interesting. Uh, this is one where I'm going to be watching the this market all season long. Uh, I have an existing Packers play that we talked about last episode. Um, I think the Packers number gets shorter based on schedule, um, and I think there's probably a buy point for Minnesota. Um, there's a buy point for Detroit. There's a buy point for Chicago. You can uh, have all three just, teams at
0: five to one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. right. Three. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah. I think I, I would take. Detroit or Minnesota at five to one, I would take Chicago at twenty to one. And if we end up with all that <laughs> by the end of the season, I'm not gonna be win. shocked. Yeah, I'm not gonna be shocked though. Like because this is it's not NFC North's not gonna be decided until the end of the season, guys. So um this is the this is the type of market that you want to try to cover a couple of different bases. I don't think you want to set it and forget it. Make the playoffs yes plus one oh four, not enough of a price there to take. No with minus one twenty-eight. If there continues to be a drift in the win total, if there continues to be a drift in the um, the win total, by the way, 8.5 is minus 142 to the over, uh, plus 116 to the under. um, I think their floor is kind of high, as we talked about already. So this is not an alt under team for me. Uh, Definitely not an alt over team either, though, because the idea that you're going to capture lightning in the bottle twice, even though, again, you're set up for comebacks, same as you were last year, uh, I still think the likelihood that you hit all those heads, 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 flip flipping the coin is, is going to be tough. So um, none of these are really interesting to me. Some of the other kind of aspects that I wanted to pick your brain on. You had Justin Jefferson offensive player of the year, 21 on this pod last year. Are you going back to 25?
0: that? 25, well? 25, better Jeez. numbers. Than me even. Yeah, that, um, was, uh, that was a, that was going lovely. back to that. Well, I don't think so. It's hard to repeat. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. so many good wide receivers that are right there with him as well. And his okay. numbers obviously sucks this year. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple props I found from Minnesota that I looked at was uh, yeah, Cousins most passing yards. He's like five, six, seven hundred behind the big names every year, but it doesn't take but a couple you know a couple games to suddenly close that gap or God. For sake, and We don't ever hope this on anybody, but you know, there's some injuries at the top, or Mahomes sits two, three games at the end because they've got things wrapped up and he's kind of banged up. That's not a bad number. Um, Minnesota's team total for the season 415. It was 415.5 at DraftKings. Ooh, let me quarters. tell you what I'm
1: projecting for them. I got, I got, I got a projection on that. Let me see what yeah, I got. It's, it's,
0: I mean, it's not that much higher, but they've scored like four and a quarter every year for three years. <laughs> Kind of consistent with that, and like I said, if this defense is more of a is this is this going to be coining a phrase a quick strike defense, <laughs> you know, a, a yeah. defense that gives up more big plays and is scored on easily faster, the offense gets out there more often. I actually like this offense to score more than they did last year. Yeah, I don't I think the offense yeah. regresses. So four I, four fifteen and a half. Damn, it's not that's a, like a banger, on, but it's that's it's all on pretty my number. Good.
1: That's on my number. So against against a neutral schedule, I have them at 384. Against this schedule with some of these weak defenses, I have them at uh uh four twelve.
0: Yeah, I I would like a little bit on that over just because they have gotten that they got it in a 16 game season three years ago, even so they have yet to score fewer than that uh in the last few years. And then the hmm. the one I the one I highlighted and more of a funny was although I don't hate the price, it was Basically betting them to make the playoffs, what was it, you know, right around even money. There was a prop was uh, losing the wild card round. It was like plus 350. (laughs) Like, If you're going to play, make the playoffs, doesn't that seem like the most likely outcome?
1: Like substantially. Yes. Like they could, they could be eight point dogs on the road at Philly at Dallas at San Francisco. That's as as the wild cards. Hosting someone that you're going to be pick them or dogs. Yeah. Small dogs. Yeah.
0: Two and a half point favorites against a wild card team that they shouldn't be favored again. Again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's a good one. I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of dig cool. that. Um, the, um, cause yeah, wildcard very open for them. Very, very, very open for them. Um, somebody shitty is going to win a wild card, guys in the NFC. That's just the way it's going to be this year. Um, yep. the, um,
0: but yeah, none, none. of the other odds that were real posted. Yeah. I was super excited. Coach of
1: about the year, that. Kevin O'Connell. Not no realistic shot for me. Um, he won too
0: many games last year.
1: Too won too many. Yeah. Um. No defensive player, of the, uh, defensive rookie of the year or DPOI, I don't think on this squad. Addison offensive rookie of the year.
0: It's just a little short for somebody yeah. who's going to not get not be the one. At the yeah, he's week. not.
1: He's not the wide receiver one.
0: Yeah. That that's hard to justify. He's going to get a lot of looks, but not being a yeah. wide receiver. Addison
1: side. on the team, Hawkinson on the team. Does that help or hurt Jefferson most receiving yards?
0: I don't like I don't like that at all. I like him like maybe maybe most receptions. Okay. Um, although Cup is you know Cup's back and Cup's good for one fifty if if they want it.
1: Even with Stetson, and it and depends that, who's too? playing quarterback. That yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay, range of outcomes. We kind of talked about it. I think best possible case scenario for this team is they lose in the wild card round. Yeah, between <laughs> and eight That probably and 10. happens. That's, that's yeah. probably that's, if, we're, if we're being honest. That's probably modal, right? Like the most likely outcome for this team between a stage of elimination. I guess modal is not getting into the playoffs, but the next is losing in the wild card round. Um the um
0: Yeah, their their, their season yeah. ends in week 50, sixteen. Yeah, a little less than 50%, week, or, excuse you know. me, week eighteen or week nineteen, no. like ninety percent of the time, and they win between eight and ten games an awful lot.
1: Yeah. So tiny little very, very narrow range of outcomes. Small uncertainty bands because the offense is a known quantity. The defense is the the, the surprise. But even if the defense surprises to the good, to me, that moves them into losing a wild card game at home as opposed to losing a wild card game on the road. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, Betting plan of attack. We're going to bet all these games. Every one of them, probably. Uh, I love this team. I love team. handicapping them. Uh, the schedule's fun.
0: There's going to be special. Especially once games. we understand what they're yeah. going to be as far as the secondary, yeah. because, uh, I mean, the, the quotes to kind of close with the Flores and Kevin O'Connell quotes, although my favorite thing is, it's, it seems like Kevin O'Connell and Flores are on the same page, which is great because he's when you have an offensive head coach, you need a really good D coordinator. When you have a defensive head coach, obviously you need a good offensive mind running your offense up in New England. Um, I think they're on the same page. I like where his head's at, but man, there's just keep saying we're going to be aggressive and being aggressive with shitty personnel. is just going to, it's going to blow up in your face three, four times a game. So like, it's going to be a fun team when you're playing a good offense. Yeah. When there, when there is a, a good play caller. And we talked about this a little with uh, some of the play callers we talked about last week who can force mismatches, like, Oh, I we've seen this play, and the the linebacker stays in, and or excuse me, the tight end stays in, and suddenly it's a chip, and he's loose, and you got a defensive end chasing him, and it's Travis Kelsey. You know and that that keeps happening to you, where and you're being really aggressive, and suddenly there's no one covering people, or or you have really bad mismatches in coverage. I think that's going to happen a lot to this team, so it could yeah. be a really fun team to watch. Yep. Well, I, yeah. I hope I hope Detroit secondary sucks again because those games oh, those games Detroit oh, we'll Detroit,
1: get there right? because yeah. on paper it suck quite a lot um all right let's go let's uh call it it's called it a pod great job uh fun talking about the, the Vikings uh well done by you and uh, let's uh let's go uh, restore some more